Welcome to Surrendered Heart Bible Study with Reverend Adrian Chivers. He'll be teaching today on Faith, Part 1. Let's stop and take a listen. Today we're going to speak about faith. Have you had in your time different periods of time that you've wondered about faith? Have you really actually wanted to know what faith really means and how it works with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? We recognize that faith is fundamental in Christian creed and conduct. It is one thing which above all others Christ recognized as the paramount virtue. We will start off looking at faith in its general meaning, its general meaning. And we recognize that faith has three parts in its general meaning. One of the first things about faith in its general meaning is knowledge. Faith is not believing in a thing without evidence, but on the contrary, faith rests upon the best of evidence, namely the word of God. An act of faith denotes a working of intelligence. So we recognize that faith, it is not a leap in the dark. Such thing as believing with the heart without the head is out of the question. A man may believe with his head without believing with his heart, but he cannot believe with his heart without believing with his head too. What we're trying to say and what God has been saying in the scriptures is that to have faith, there must be information. That's why knowledge is the most important thing that you must have in faith, and it's knowledge about something to have faith in. As we look into the scriptures, we recognize that there are many men that God has chosen in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and the main ingredient is faith. Faith that there is a God there that you don't see, but God is here in every way. And I think that most of us, and I can remember in my own life, where I had to believe in God when I didn't have anything around me to believe in. And there are many instances, even in my life, that if it wasn't for my faith in God, that I would have been in a jam that I couldn't get out of. Have you ever been in a jam that you couldn't get out of? Have you ever been in a situation where there was nothing left but to believe in God? Well, strangely enough, God does allow those things to happen to you because he wants you to have knowledge of him. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him because he that comes to God must believe that he is. Many of us go to church every Sunday and we go and we have a good time at the church service. There's music. There's Preaching, there's fellowship, 
But does that really make you have any closer faith in something that you can't see? One thing that faith needs, and it was mentioned a minute ago when it was said that faith is not believing in a thing without evidence, but on the contrary, it rests upon the best of evidence, namely the word of God. Every believer must have the word of God and must rely on the word of God when you can't rely on anything that you can't see, hear, touch, taste, or smell. The word of God will state many times, and it gives you the knowledge about faith. And from the knowledge of faith, we have to have that knowledge, not just in our head and believing with our head without believing with our heart, but we must be able to believe with our head and our heart. Now, what do we mean by believe with our heart? We recognize that the heart in the scriptures means the whole man, the whole person, their intellect, their sensibilities, and their will. Having the knowledge is the start to having faith. But we ultimately need that knowledge in order to affect our intellect, sensibilities, and our will. Our volition is something that is when a man uses his will, he is using his volition. So we recognize that the Bible says, as a man thinketh, it is in his heart. So we see those things need to be connected. As we move to the next thing about faith, it is the word assent, which is not in the Bible. But what assent means is an act of agreeing to something, especially after thoughtful consideration. Now, when we have information from the Bible, all the great things that God did, all the love that he showed us in the Bible, how he sent his son in the Bible to eventually come in and die for our sins. That is the information. That is the knowledge that we get from the Bible. But we have to have an act of agreeing to it after we have thoughtfully considered it. It is to acquiesce in agreement to the knowledge that the Bible shows us. When we come to the knowledge of what the Bible gives us, there's many, many things that have happened in the past that has been documented for us in the Bible, that once we have the knowledge of these things, we come to a point where we agree to it because we thoughtfully considered it. That is the bridge that goes from having the knowledge to seeing what we're going to do with the knowledge. Is it something that we willingly take? The technical word for that is to assent to something, but we know it as agreeing to something after thoughtful consideration. In Matthew 9:28, Jesus asked, 
Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. There must not only be the knowledge that Jesus is able to save and that he is the Savior of the world. There also must be an assent, which we know is an act of agreeing in thoughtful consideration of the heart to all these claims. These things must connect with us that we are ready to embrace them. The knowledge and the assent is an important thing. Those who receiving Christ to be all that he claimed to be, believing in him, became thereby, thereby the sons of God. John one twelve tells us that believing in Christ, and that word is, do you believe in Christ? And we say, yes, we believe in Jesus Christ. But that means, do you have the knowledge about Jesus Christ? Some people will just believe it because other people tell them. That will not be enough for you to assent and knowledgeably take it for yourself. We have a tendency in this world to want to act like everybody around us acts, even if we don't exactly understand it. When it comes to God, and you consider that he sent his son to save you, that he sent his son to die for you on the cross, that he sent his son to take away all the sin that we have, not just before, not just in our lifetime, but even all the sin that has been passed down to us. And then he takes away God's anger as we used to be enemies of God. When we consider all of these things, Thoughtful consideration is what makes us assent or agree in our minds about the knowledge we learn in the Bible. We also understand that those who receive in Christ should be all that he claimed to be, which means What did Jesus claim to be? And that goes back to the first thing that we talked about is the knowledge. What did Jesus say? What did he claim to be? What did Jesus say about the relationship of him and his father? And what did Jesus say about his relationship to him and us? Knowledge is important. And then agreeing through thoughtful consideration, is important in faith. Those are two important things and two important steps in looking at faith just in its general meaning. As we move on to the third part of faith, and it's known as appropriation, and when we have knowledge of God, Knowledge of Christ, knowledge of how God loved us so till he sent Christ and Christ died on the cross. We recognize that it made us free from sin. It made us 
free from God's anger, and it put us in the family with Christ, even though we used to be enemies. So when we look at Christ and what he did and look at God who sent him to do it, we recognize from those things in the Bible that we use in our knowledge, that we assented to because we gave thoughtful consideration to it, we must now appropriate it to the persons or to the God or to the Lord Jesus Christ. To know Jesus and to say, yeah, I believe Jesus is God, that doesn't commit us for him being our master and to us serving him. We know that God so loved the world till he gave his only begotten son. We know that by what the Bible tells us, but this thoughtful consideration make us appropriate or apply those things we learn and thoughtfully consider does we apply it to God. Appropriation is important. It's like taking something and applying it for our own use. And those facts about God, those facts about Jesus Christ, all the things he told us in the Gospels, when we take them and apply them to him for our own use, then we are able to partake and take advantage of the blessings of God. Now, also, there must be an appropriation of all things which we know and assent to concerning Christ and his work. Not just that Jesus Christ was sent by God, but that God wanted to save us so much till God had to do a lot to save us. We were all contaminated mankind. Being the thoughtful planner and initiator of saving us, sent in Jesus, who obeyed God all the way to the cross. Those are things that we learn in the Bible. Those are things that if we thoughtfully consent to them, then we are able to appropriate them to God. The question is, do we know the knowledge? that the Bible tells us, which we won't if we don't study the Bible, no matter how many times you go up and you like being in church and how good it makes you feel, you have to get the facts. Next, you have to take those facts and willfully agree to them with thoughtful consideration which is step two, and now here in step three, we apply these things to God and to Jesus Christ. Those are the foundations of faith. Because just to do the knowledge of God and the thoughtful consideration does not necessarily convey us to the surrender of our heart and affection. We must take them and apply them to God. Faith is the consent of the will to the thoughtful consideration of the understanding. 
Faith always has in it the idea of action and movement toward its objects, which in our case, we're talking about faith in God. These are things, these three elements, the knowledge, the thoughtful consideration, and to apply it to a God and to his son is the foundation of faith. Everything else on faith that we talk about comes from these three foundations. We thank the Lord that he has made these three foundations be planted in each of us. The knowledge of God, we keep continuing to learn. That's why you don't get saved and all of a sudden you get saved and you don't want to do any Bible study. That's not right. That's incorrect. Because God is constantly strengthening you and strengthening you. If we have the knowledge of him, if we use the thoughtful consideration to him, then we apply it to him. Then we surrender our hearts to him, and it allows us to have a relationship with God. It allows us to let Christ use us in any way we can, any way he expects to use us, and how he expects to use us is part of the knowledge that we continue to learn. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, he said to his disciples, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and to observe all things what I have commanded you. Then he says, Lo, I will, be, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Now that's a promise. Now if Jesus said that to his disciples, he is talking directly to us. That's why it makes no sense that we're Christians, but we just go to church and don't do anything. Our lives have been saved for eternity. Do you think it's only fair that you would serve Christ the rest of your life? Do you think it's only right that God, having went through everything and sacrificed his only son to die on the cross and pay a debt for us that we could not pay? Do we think it's only right that we can be used of him how he wants us to use, be used in this short life that we're in? We've already gained eternal life. But if we only say that we're saved and we don't continue to study and strengthen our thoughtful consideration and more and more appropriate or apply it to God, we cannot grow in sanctification. 
regeneration that changes us from a fallen, sinful nature to a spiritual nature will be hindered. So the question is, how will you apply yourself knowing that you are a Christian? Will you continue to do only just what you've been doing? Is church one day a week good enough? But you go out the other six days and just go along with the world? Or are you living your life in a way that you are truly set apart? That you are truly set apart to God's purpose, his purpose, and his wishes. You're already going to heaven. Can you sacrifice the rest of your life for someone who has saved you for eternity? Those are questions that we have to ask ourselves as we call ourselves Christians. Those are questions that we need to think about on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If I am a Christian and God has taken me away to save me, am I able to keep all the same friends and do all the same things that I used to do? Do I stop and think about the activities of a Christian and the things that I am doing now? Does it fit with a Christian? Am I actually pleasing God? And most of all, do I ever take the time and go talk to God? Jesus says, in that day, many will come to him on judgment saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? Didn't we do the other thing? That could be any job in church and anything that you think you've done good. But Jesus says, yeah, but I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Those who do things that can be considered good things, but they're only doing for themselves so they can take it on their own egos and make themselves feel better. That's iniquity when it comes to God. And Jesus said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So the point I'm making here that it is important that you would find time in your life to separate yourself and time for study, which means nobody can get a Bible by themselves and study without receiving instruction about study. You have to study with someone who can help you understand God. Third and most of all, you must go to God in prayer. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder that diligently seek him. Can you say that you're diligently seeking God without presenting yourself to him privately in prayer? 
Can you honestly say that? We must seek God in prayer. We must seek God in prayer. A relationship with God is what each Christian needs. So we start this series on faith, that we may please God in thankfulness for what he has done in sending his son to save us. Blessings. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Chivers. Now it's time to take some questions. Go ahead with your question. If a person um, doesn't believe with his or her head and heart, then that that means that that person doesn't have faith? That is a good question. The thing is, if a person believes with his head, then what did he do with that information? Did he give thoughtful consideration to it? And if he did, and the thoughtful consideration means that he believed in that knowledge, then he would have to take that knowledge and that thoughtful consideration, and he would have to appropriate it to the Lord Jesus Christ and to God. So if a person is saying, I have knowledge of the Bible, you know how you've met people and people say, yeah, I know that scripture, and they can even say the scripture for you. So can we memorize certain things out of you know, secular books, the knowledge of which only goes to the world. But to be able to believe in your head without your heart means you have not connected it to your heart. If you believe in your heart, then you're believing in your head also. But you can't believe in your heart without believing in your head. And you can't believe in your head and leave out believing in your heart. If there's any schism in your head and your heart, then there's going to be a problem, caller. There's going to be a problem in associating it clearly to Christ and to God. You're stuck right there battling back and forth between what do you believe, do I believe it, what do I feel, my feelings, is this my heart or is this my feelings, is this my head, is my heart and feelings, my head, my heart and feelings. It's a quagmire that you're stuck in unless you actually have the knowledge and you and thoughtfully consider that knowledge and you agree with it and then you appropriate it to Christ. Then you have faith in Christ and faith in God that God sent him and all the things that it means. Justification uh, also with God taking away your sin 
also with God putting you in the family and making you a joint heir with Christ, also with the process of sanctification, which includes regeneration. That means he's constantly making you better and pure and pure and pure, regardless if the fallen nature is still with you. Your belief in Christ through the Holy Spirit is much more stronger. Thank you. That was an excellent question. All right. Uh, we have someone next. Go ahead with your question. Um, what are the things needed to strengthen faith? I mean, I know you spoke about the elements of knowledge and uh, assent and then appropriation. But what are some of the things? a person can help that they can do to help strengthen their their faith well i would say number one you've got to separate yourself so that you're able to get some of the knowledge from the word of god the word of god is the only place you can get the understanding of god and his plan of redemption to save the world it does not it is not anywhere else there are other books that have been written from it but the book that god give us that's inspired is the place to start so what does that mean that means you'll have to change something in your life to take the time and sit down with someone who will instruct you and allow the word of God to be given to you by instruction into your spirit. And that's one of the hardest steps. So I would say that knowledge is the first thing and knowledge is the key to having to have a thoughtful consideration about any of it. If you're going to agree in thoughtful consideration or you're going to acquiesce to your knowledge, you've got to have the knowledge there. If you can't acquiesce to the knowledge, then the knowledge won't be there. And if you will stick with Bible study, God will see your steadfastness and the Holy Spirit will bless you. The Spirit opens up God's Word inside of you. And the Spirit of God starts working inside of you. The process of regeneration and sanctification starts working inside of you. That is important. That is important. And finally, like I said earlier, with those steps and you apply it to God, that's what makes you surrender. Because your common sense kicks in with your Holy Spirit. And your Holy Spirit gives you the reality of, I can't even help myself. God helped me and did this for me. And he did it all for me. And it was only him who did it for me by using his son Christ to come and do what he's done. It makes us submit to God. It makes us surrender to God. It makes us humble ourselves and be used as vessels of God's purpose. The Bible will tell us what those purposes are. So 
I thank the callers for their uh, questions. And I just want to say as we sign off, as I sign off, that God loves you. And despite all that's happening in the world, he has his eye on you and your blessing is right around the corner. God bless you. Well, that's it for this session. Join us next time as we continue our study on faith. If this has helped you, or if you have questions, please subscribe and send your message by going to surrenderedheartministry.com. At the bottom of the homepage, type in your name, email address, and include your questions or message, then click subscribe. You will receive sermons, Bible studies, and messages on important subjects directly in your inbox. At Surrendered Heart Ministry, we encourage you to surrender your heart to God. Our mission is to provide Bible basics to help everyone understand what the Bible is about in order to have a relationship with God. We look forward to hearing from you soon. God bless.